I like how you're doing the business side of music, like, because there's just so much of it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, there, there is. And it's, and it's changing all the time, right? You know, sure. some, some of the stuff that you're doing, like I, I spoke with a guy named Mark Howard. He's worked with, you know, Bob Dylan, Tom Waits, the, gotcha. the Chili Peppers yeah. and you 2 and stuff. And so, you know, you know, we're talking stories about him, like building a studio in a mansion <laughs> down in New Orleans, you know, and, and like, you know, getting trailers and taking, you know, this, the, the mixer, you know, yeah. across the states right. um, all the way right. to someone like you. Who's in Chatham, Ontario? Just and in, you know, in my kitchen. I don't even have an office, man. Like, yeah, I just... you got your kitchen table doing stuff. Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at eleven seventy-seven Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. I'm Greg Karen. I'm an ecom manager for Hip Hop Brands Online. Welcome to the music. Hip hop brands online. That that sounds so cool. Did you ever think like decades ago when you started listening to hip hop music that you'd be taking care of? the online presence for some of these uh, massive uh, hip hop groups? No, no, I could, I could dream of it. Right. Like, sure. I was, uh, I was a hip hop fan right from the get go and, you know, nineties hip hop and I grew up on it and uh, just, but you have to, you have to create those opportunities yourself, I believe. So if that's a passion of yours and you want to work in certain industries, then you have to, you know, first acquire the skill set and, you know, have value for them um, and then present it. And that's kind of what happened with, with my connection. And uh, I've been pursuing it and providing value over these years and these opportunities uh, just present themselves. That, that, that is so cool. And I want to, I want to talk a lot about, you know, how the heck do you go from being a fan to now having them as your client? Um, When we first met um, you had started I think you had a company called Moby Cartel that got bought out by B Notions. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what what were you doing with with Moby Cartel? So Moby Cartel was a partnership. Uh, it was myself as like the marketing kind of ideas and design kind of aspect, and it connected with Matthew Patience, who was a Android ah, yeah. Android developer. Uh, just an amazing kind of mind that, uh, you know, expanded. And we, we developed about 25 apps within, you know, a year period, just constant grinding, tons of hours overnight. And um, and that got the attention of, you know, Al Karim and, and Mark Real at, at Notions, And uh, so they actually aqua hired us. Uh, they took possession of kind of Moby Cartel, our development company. Um, and we got jobs. We got amazing jobs. And uh, one of the you know the leading kind of startups in the in the software development kind of marketing area and it was it was an amazing uh, uh, venture and kind of partnership for for a few years. That is that is fantastic. Now, did you were you already working with Naughty by Nature at that time? Yeah. So the timeline is really interesting. It, it came ah, around ah, that time that we were working. So two minutes here. That's all right. Sounds sounds like you got. Uh, uh, is it a big dog, small dog? No, it's a little dog. So it's little. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. 
No, the, uh, the timeline was interesting. It's, um, so I was working at Bean Oceans when we actually reached out to, uh, to Naughty by Nature. It was one of those social media, Twitter kind of things where they had asked, you know, does anybody know how to develop, you know, Android apps? And since you know, I had a great following on Twitter at the time, and I was really embedded in the uh, in the Android community, and uh, actually two or three of my friends were like, "Hey, you like hip? Do you like naughty? Like, you should hit these guys up and see." And that relationship just grew from that moment, that first DM on Twitter, and we just started building applications for them. We built their uh, 25th anniversary app. We built a Google TV app for them. We, uh, I did a lot of their marketing. I just started offering design and UI and just tons of value that I overwhelmed them with. Okay. You're our new tech guy. Like you're our new, you know, just be all end all jack of all trades kind of relationship. Okay. Let's, 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 let's step back now. Let's, let's, let's press pause here. Um, your friends, they, they messaged you said, Hey, Greg, uh, naughty by nature. They're looking for a web guy. They're looking for an Android guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, do you just send them a tweet? Say, Hey guys, this is what I do. Check out my work. No, like, I just, I, yeah, I literally DM <laughs> them directly. And yeah. I said, like, I'm your guy. I just, you have to be confident. You have to, but you have to have the portfolio. You have to, you got to be able to back it up with something. You can't so what just. Did they, what do they like about, like, are you dealing, are you talking at that point in time? Are you talking directly with these guys? Are you talking with their management? Like, who are you talking to? What do you show them? And what do they like about what they see? Gotcha. Gotcha. No, great question. It, um, so I was, I was dealing directly with them. So, uh, Vin Rock is the, uh, it's just a partner in crime to Tretch, uh, you know, and DJ KG is, is in the back, uh, you know, producing all the records. And yes, they have management. And yes, they, you know, at the time they had a label. Um, but I feel a lot of these artists, uh, you know, especially Vin, he was doing a lot of the marketing and a lot of that on his own. So he was the one reaching out, you know, uh, working on distribution, working on social media, working with the apps. Uh, he had a website, you know, way back in, you know, 99. So like they knew to, to progress and to build that. So I reached out directly to him. I was dealing directly with him and I got down right. You have to get right to the point. Like I'm your guy. Here's my link. You know, here's my portfolio. You know, I'm willing to do this for you. I want to build this for you. Like, and that was the connection that was as soon as you prove yourself online. And, and I even said, you know, Google my name, Google this so yeah. that, you know, there were articles and blog posts and everything written about me. And I've been in several publications and had done uh, some speaking engagements as well. So if you, you know, aggregate all that work and put it to one spot where that artist can see it, if they get over there, it's okay. It's like a LinkedIn page for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, and so they say, okay, let, you know, what was the first project that you worked with them on? So the reason the reason that he had gotten back was the the 35th or 25th anniversary of uh, Anthem Inc. And it was their they were releasing an album and they wanted an app specifically for Android that, um, you know, had it had album covers and photos. It had, you know, links to music. It had a media player embedded. So there was all and social in, embedded inside the app. So it was a way for them to reach out to their core audience you know, say download our new app, you know, back then, this is 2009, 
about 10, you know, in that range, 10, 10 11. So it's, it's still kind of early for them to, you know, be building their own apps, right? Like, you know, there's some artists don't even have that now. So. Wow. Um, and did you, when, when did you actually meet them for the first time? Yeah. So it's about a few months later. Um, okay. They, they had come to Toronto. Um, they were doing a halftime show for the uh, Toronto Raptors. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they had come and, uh, you know, I invited a lot of the, the boys from B-Notion. So uh, AK and then Mark and Logan and a few other guys kind of, we all got together and, you know, and hooked up with them. And it was an amazing, it was an amazing show. We got backstage and just uh, to be able to, to grow that. Uh, it was a working, but there was a friendship kind of growing there as well. We yeah. kind of cult- we cultivated that over years and years, and you know another another good advice for people that like just do- it's not a it's not a black and white kind of business relationship. It, you just have to provide value and then you know be yourself and not. It, I didn't keep it too business like. It was you know I, I didn't bother them. Uh, whenever whenever they came to Canada, whenever they came in my area, I always just had to reach out. You know, yeah. just, I like to come to Toronto, want to hang out with you guys. You know, and that's. That's kind of how that grew. Every time they came in town, I got invited to, you know, go backstage and hang out with them and see that that kind of lifestyle. So it, was it, you know, project by project? Hey, build us this app, build us a site, mm-hmm. um, or, or was it okay, uh, Greg? You're our online guy. You're on retain. Like how? Where? Where did it start? And where is it today? Great question. So yeah, uh, it started, you know, in in that 2011 kind of range. So yeah, almost a decade ago, like a long Jeez. time ago. And building, so building the apps and the website in the Google TV. So what really propelled Vint? It was the constant, you know, innovation in the different types of digital assets that I grew for the brand. You know, and that's that, that's realistic. You know, those are those are real world assets. So I yeah. kind of got him on to you know building this infrastructure and and, and building that. So you know, they've had an online, they've had a store kind of present, a merch. Naughty by Nature is synonymous with, you know, having that, uh, you know, the naughty gear, the having the, you know, the hoodies. And they got that from, from Puff, uh, you know, from P. Diddy. They got it from, um, you know, Public Enemy and uh, just, you know, Jay-Z with Rockaware. So they yeah. had er- early influences into the, into the, you know, the online hip hop kind of brands. So he kind of grew that, but they weren't online yet. So they had a store. They had a store in 95. Wow. 95 to 99 or 2000. It was only for about four or five years. A brick and mortar in New Jersey, in East Door, New Jersey, where they're from. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And it blew up. There's, there's photos online. There's a constant track. He, he had, you know, maybe 10 people he employed. He gave them all jobs, you know, and it grew to be a pretty big you know, brick and mortar kind of institution. And, and he knew back then to, you know, put your, put your merch catalog in with your CDs stuff back then that the label was just, well, it doesn't work like that. You know, like we can't do that. So they pushed along with, you know, NWA and kind of groups like that, that pushed their, you know, their other music business opportunities onto the fans because back then the label handled all that the label, it was, that that's all there was. There was no other options. So sure. building building from that that concrete store that they had, um, and then a few years later, I guess it just the overhead and just everything just got really big. And I guess the emergence of stuff online it would have been two thousand. So yeah, they just started. And but 
So to, to fast forward in 2017, a few years ago, um, we were still talking and he's like, guess what? <laughs> I just got my license back, the license for Naughty by Nature back from the retailers. So what they, what most hip hop artists do or just artists in general is they license out, you know, their brand. So mm-hmm. they, can, they can sell at H&M, they can sell at Zoomies or all these different retailers that they have whether it's in the States or worldwide. And mm. they'll generally give you an advance for that. So the artists look for those advances yeah, every yeah. couple of years, every year, you know, that, that, that's normal business, yeah. but getting that license back, controlling that license and talking to someone like me for an hour, I was able to just convince him that we got to run this store. We should do Shopify. It's big now. It's, it's solidified. It's direct to consumer. And I just pitched and pitched and we had, you know, and we set it up. We set up the whole, you know, online infrastructure, and it's been blowing up ever since. He's, that's yeah. that's crazy, man. Uh, so I, I don't know if you if you have ever chatted with them or in, any of your other clients about sort of the change in the music business. You know, you talk about um, you know the artists getting getting their license back, really getting their brand back, and being in, in full control. Mm-hmm. over over what they can do with it have you ever had you know direct or just side conversations around the whole change in music distribution and you know what pops and what doesn't and how people get access to music and you know the the, the importance sort of come full circle you know from the the 60s where it was all about the touring and then it, you know it was all about you know, buying albums and cassettes and eight tracks and CDs. And now it's going back to, you know, live experiences. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had conversations with them about sort of this whole, you know, ever changing space in, in, in music and, and how artists connect? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. For hours on end. Oh, wow. Hours. Oh, hours on end. Like that's honestly, you hit it. Like that's one of our biggest topics. Like, just I, I'm interested in his perspective because he, you know, when I say he, I, I, I mean Vin Rock, you know, just from Naughty uh, for reference, you know, yes. his, just his 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 mindset and how he sees the music industry and how he's, you know, foreseeing those shifts. You know, we all know the music industry just wasn't really good with digital, that whole digital Napster kind of area. They just didn't see it. And you know, it, it's really refreshing to kind of hear someone, you know, in during that time talk about, you know, the shifting from, you know, d- uh, CDs to more streaming, to more downloads and to more digital, you know, yeah. because, because he's such a tech head and understands that he just knew this isn't going away. He understood that Apple, he understood, you know, what these big tech companies were, were, were building. And so the streaming part of it, he's ahead of that game. Like they... Um, so they work with their label, their labels, Tommy boy, Tommy boy records, really big in New York, uh, had some of the, you know, legendary kind of with De La Soul and, and, and naughty. And, and, you know, they grew up under that queen Latifah kind of era where, you know, that's selling albums and selling CDs and kind of pushing, you know, a lot of their, their masters, you know, and control who controls your masters, you know? So now they're in a, they're in a, in, you know, their own reality consists of, you know, having access to new music and being able to push that out there with their own distribution methods. So, you know, being an independent, you get to work with whether it's uh, other labels or other platforms. 
So right now, you know, Naughty's looking at other platforms that they can distribute. Um, it's not just, it's those aggregators that kind of can push it out, but give you all the analytics behind it and allow you to kind of, you know, really focus in on whether it's shop, uh, Spotify playlists and kind of really get that streaming, you know, so I'm, I'm getting a behind the scenes, how, you know, new, new groups and new kind of hip hop artists are, are using these distribution platforms to push out their music. It's, it, you're right. It, it was, it's not like before. So yeah. they have to adapt. And that's one of the things they're doing. Uh, Naughty just went on a 67 day run with a tour with uh, new kids on the block last year. Mm-hmm. So, that generated, you know, $60 million in ticket sales and a lot of the, but we were, we were able to see the metrics in the back of, you know, new fans coming, you know, the, the e-commerce world is really good at, at harnessing, at tracking, right. At using, you know, using analytics to, you know, and we'll talk later about the, you know, the e-commerce part, but it's more merging a lot of that with your advertising, your marketing and your e-commerce. So, using opportunities like tours and that to kind of promote and we're constantly promoting. I mean, he does such a good, uh, good thing with social media, you know, whether it's, you know, promoting, you know, the merch by promoting the music and then just really capturing that, that core brand, you know, your core fans. Uh, yeah. and, and there's, you, you're aware too, there's lots of, you know, merging that social media kind of with your business, you know, sure. using it instead of just, you know, here's what I'm doing at night, drinking, you know, with the friends at the bar. Yeah. You know, we use, uh, we use some pretty, uh, extensive, uh, you know, just marketing and really thought, thoughtful, uh, tracking mechanisms to kind of lead people into certain, you know, pages and certain, uh, you know, deals that we offer. And, uh, everything seems to work really well when, when you're real, right. When you're authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when it comes to the, the, the commerce side of things in terms of, you know, what, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you want people to do when they come to the site. Um, where, you know, so let's, let's use this new kids on the block tour okay. that, that they went on uh, this past year. Um, are you, do you go forward with, Hey, we want to sell these amounts of hoodies or, 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 you know, X amount of uh, new CDs or albums, or do you sort of say, you know, here's our offering. Let's see what people are attracted to. And then let's focus there. Like, how does it work on that side? Okay. So I'm, I've always been in the Facebook. I've always been into, you know, the back end, the business side of that, um, you know, as opposed to more of the social part. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I got into Shopify, all this business, you know, Facebook is an amazing tool. It just, just an amazing back end when I started learning the advertising side. So to be honest, you know, I took a lot of this tour. I took it from a, from a marketing, from a, you know, an analytical perspective. And, you know, so I, we ran ads that were specific to each town that we were coming to. Okay. So he would, you know, if we were going to St. Louis, it was, you know, Hey, St. Louis, we're naughty. We're going to be in this kind of area. This, so we're able to kind of, you know, target, uh, in the right demographic for the right fan base and using new kids fan base as a stepping point because you're sure. you're building you know town or city after city you're building this momentum online we're using hashtags we're using the right you know marketing kind of aspects so when we went to a new city I just ran ads directly local and that seemed to just 
really blow up the reach and really blow up the, um, we would send them the specific landing pages. We were also selling more of a, um, more of a meet and greet, a custom meet and greet that not even, ah. so that was, you know, we were able to sell tickets for that and generate, you know, additional kind of revenue on the side from an artist perspective. Like, yeah, they get their fee to kind of do the tour, but this was, this was on the side. So it was yeah. great that we could reach out to them and, you know, and book them. And, but, um, we had merch specific to the tour. You know, we were promoting, uh-huh. you know, Ill Town Sluggas and different, uh, different naughty merch that we had. And I just ran ads, yeah, local, local ads to them, and uh, and more specific to the platform. I know people don't take the time to, you know, format everything for for specific stories or Instagram stories, and you know, and we we did that. You know, I, I changed the different formats. I made them record specific ones for stories, swipe up, and different things, and. That seemed to, to generate uh, a lot of traffic and, and interest uh, from the store, and we we're able to get conversions from it. That's amazing. So now Naughty by Nature, I mean, they come out in the 80s and 90s, um, early knots. Uh, we're in the you know, 2020 now. Um, what do you, what do you, how do you cultivate, because um, even in hip-hop, right, sounds are always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when... When I, you know, show my niece, when, you know, when I pop for Eminem at the uh, at the Grammys, um, you know, she looks at me strange, and I go, "This, this is rap. This is hip hop." <laughs> uh, and you know, and and she's listening to other stuff. You know, when you know, you know, if you watch the uh, the NBA All Star Game, um, you know, so there's different sounds. How does Naughty cultivate that new audience and bring them on board? And, and how are you sort of using that to continually grow that base? Right, right. So there's two, there's two answers. There's two sides to that. Yeah. Um, so Naughty is, uh, they're producing their own music, new music this year in 2020. Mm. Um, and that's, and that'll be distributed under a new label that uh, Vin Rock and KG have created called Ill Town Sluggers. And that's more of a, you know, a joint partnership that they've got with, uh, you know, several other players, uh, industry players and distribution. So it's more about, you know, controlling their own ecosystem, controlling that. But they'll also be able to sign other artists. So they're looking at other pop artists and other uh, R&B. So oh. some, of them, some of the early R&B, like Janae and, and Next, there's a group called Next that KG kind of produced. And so these older kind of R&B and, and, uh, and pop, uh, and actually, no, not, not so much older, but we're getting new stars. Uh, Nicole Michelle is a, a young, you know, 16, 17-year-old pop star like Ariana Grande. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. And so we're cultivating and using, they're using their knowledge and the industry and their experience to, you know, grow these new artists and, and, uh, and sign them under these, you know, these, these new kind of record deals instead of just, you know, advances and big labels and I own your masters. It's a lot more freedom. It's a lot more, it's less restrictive and it's more open to the marketing that, you know, their brand Naughty Buddy can bring to, you know, the younger artists and, and such. So they're, they're trying to stay on, on top and, uh, and lead the way. And, uh, they're, you know, with their own brand, you know, we're, we're, constantly looking at you know re you know redesigning the website and adding new adding new features and we're looking at vr so you know i'm trying to get him to to look at the next few years and kind of see where some attention is going to be that's really cool um i, I want to talk about run dmc as well one of my favorite all-time <laughs> uh hip hip-hop groups but i i want to sort of take a, a weird detour into um, into 3D printing. Okay. 
Um, I remember, geez, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I, I think it was on Instagram and you had, you, you uploaded a video of, of a fidget spinner. Yes. Uh, and I'm looking, I remember seeing that. I go, what the heck is this toy? Right. And right. That, that Greg is, that Greg is showing. And I don't know if it was weeks later or months later. Uh, maybe I was late to the party. But all of a sudden, these fidget spinners Everywhere. are all the rage. Everywhere. Yeah. And they're selling for like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. selling for like big, big money, you know, for, for something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, like you can see them now at, not all of a sudden, but, you know, months after or years later, now you can go to like a dollar store, yeah, exactly. you know, and, and get and get two for a buck. Right. Um, but tell me, like, how did you get into 3D printing. Um, for a while there, I thought you invented fidget spinners. <laughs> but but tell me about that craze. That's, that's great, man. And it's a great story, honestly. Um, you know, and it, it's a perfect example of, you know, coming up with an idea or seeing an idea online. You know, obviously, I didn't invent fidget spinning, you know, but I had seen a few metal ones online very early, like early 2016, like very like before the summer hit. So I had seen a few metal ones. And at the time I had uh, I found it and it was running 3D Makeable. So we were a 3D printing company here in, in London, Ontario. Um, and you know, I had about 60 full working 3D printers in a lab. Wow. And I was just doing tons of work with um, marketing companies, building logos, building, you know, props, building, you know, marketing kind of uh, branded uh, just accessories and different, uh, you know, just different objects. Uh, for companies and that and it was working for a while and unfortunately that I was just a way ahead of its time I think and uh, it just kind of slowed the overhead got me just being a new entrepreneur being a first-time business owner uh, just too much too soon so but the 3d printing the it, it led me to come up with all these new ideas and once I saw the fidget spinners in metal I thought well I can design and print those in plastic so I got some bearings and I printed a few in plat and they worked and as soon as I started seeing them on Etsy and people selling them, I went full bore. I designed about 20, 25 different designs. I had a dragon. I had all these weird designs. And you're right. I was selling them for about 20 bucks a piece. And to be honest, now it doesn't matter it's been years later, but it, it only cost me about 2 $3 per, per one. So yeah. the margins were crazy. And that was actually one of my first Shopify stores. So okay. it was, it was, uh, I was able to, you know, start a Shopify store and learn the ins and outs and learn about Facebook advertising, learn about marketing. Wow. So to be able to tie all that in and, and learn all that back end when, you know, it was only a year and a half later, a year later, and when I talked to Vin about Shopify. So yeah. I'm one of those, I'm one of those entrepreneurs and one of those tech guys that when I get into something, I get really, really deep. So when I did Android, I went to the deepest, you know, I learned everything and 3D printing was the same world and that merged into the Shopify. And once I, once I got on Shopify, I just dug in very deep and I'm really proud and happy that uh, I've been able to, you know, build this into more clients, uh, more retainers, more, more projects and now yeah. I've got a few other projects I'm launching this year that uh, that are pretty big, and and one of them is in the hip hop space. We'll talk about that after. Oh, tell me, tell me more. Listen, I, I know you didn't invent fidget spinners, but moving forward, um, 
uh, I'm going to call you the the Canadian inventor <laughs> of, of fidget spinners, and we'll see we'll see we'll see where that goes. Maybe I'll get you in trouble, but it that was, was yeah, yeah, it was. Real. I I still remember it watching that go. What is this? And then all of a sudden it blows up and I go, oh shit. <laughs> well, and all the kids. And you got to remember, I, I was, I gave so many away to, like, I just, I don't yeah. know, it's not one of those charity things you put on Instagram, but there was so many kids that like this, that I was printing hundreds of them and just giving them to schools. And a teacher would say, can I buy some for my, t-? I'm like, don't worry, here. Like yeah. I'll, send you, I'll send you 50 of them. It only cost me 20 bucks or 50 bucks for the whole order. So, and it was yeah. just time putting in the bearings and they were very, very simple kind of plastic things and they would break and everything, but it, sure. it was fun for people and kids seemed to like them. And I just, uh, and it was a real good, good way to get into, uh, you know, an e-commerce kind of seeing the money behind different products and seeing that if you market it properly, then you can actually succeed. Um, listen, what, one of my first hip hop bands, if not the first ones that I fell in love with, uh, was, was run DMC, um, how, and, 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 you know, over the past few years, uh, you know, a couple of my friends have had the opportunity to, to, to interview them on, on their podcast. And then Mm -hmm. I, I see you taking photos with them and then. Uh, find out that you're working with them. Um, so is it the same thing? Somebody sees something on Twitter and then your name gets, gets, gets thrown in there. How, how did you end up working with these guys? Yeah. So that's a, that's a matter of um, all the hard work that I've done over the years, uh, getting to the point where people are comfortable enough to just recommend you, to give you that, to give you that cosign, to give you that, you know, mm-hmm. Vin, you know, Vin talks highly of me and I appreciate that. <laughs> I love that. And uh in different circles, you know, he'll talk to industry, you know, people and he'll talk to everything. And it just got back to, uh, to run DMC's management. You know, he, he knows, uh, Daryl, you know, DMC, he knows them. Yeah. Personally. Um, they're all in that same kind of group and, uh, their management kind of always talk. And, uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, Josh inside that, uh, works with a lot of the brands. He works with naughty and he, as well as run DMC. So meeting him and talking to Josh and just, he's like, you don't, you don't work at an ad agency. No, <laughs> you don't own, like you're not working for someone. No, no, this is, I'm an independent. This is my company. This is what I do. He's yeah. like, okay. All right. Like just a good scenario for them because even though they're, they're an older brand and everything, they, they're still active. Their, their brand is a worldwide just machine of, you know, license agreements and, and, this and adidas adidas is a huge company that uh you know thankfully we'll get to work with this year and uh it's no secret it's been publicly kind of announced that run dmc is going to release a partnership with uh adidas uh with their signature shoe line uh they're gonna bring them back and it's going to be a limited exclusive and uh, we're excited that i get to work with um you know adidas marketing on the back end and Mm work with them to kind of possibly do some, uh, some promotion and some marketing. Um, I wanted to be able to sell the shoes on, on our store, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, Kanye West asking them, you know, not, not to sell his shoes. So they, uh, they have such a big machine that I was, uh, I was humbled to, uh, to, to allow them to, you know, to push and show me kind of the back end. Yeah. Great. That's, that's, that's amazing. What, what have you, what have you learned through through all of this working with these iconic bands, uh, yeah. What what's what's a, a few of the things that you've learned? You know, whether it's about yourself or whether it's about business or 
I'm really curious about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I like I, li- I like working with with people that are really humble. You know, uh, I really I just I'm I'm 43 years old. I just I've been in the game for a while now, and I just I don't really have the the time or patience to deal with you know artists that are you know just the artists in general are you know they tend to be very. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Just, just hard to work with, I guess, mm. because, and there's so much red tape, right? Like the, the red tape will, will just, if you're not a big company, you know, working like a big ad agency or a big digital marketing kind of agency working that have these artists, you know, uh, wrapped up in their business. Uh, if it's not that there, there's just so much red tape. So being able to get the artist to record specific videos to be able to you know go on a on a schedule when you're doing promos or to kind of do that you know that seemed to be you know the hardest part and you know i've learned over the years that you know their just their knowledge of their fans really helps right like you know not putting there's marketing and then there's really pushing kind of products all the time ah yes i found that you know these older artists and what i've learned from these iconic kind of groups is you're always going to have that fan base like you as long as you grow and provide value worldwide you will always have you know those fans and um i'm you know i'm kind of that conduit in between you know social media and you know e-commerce so i kind of you know, I've learned over the years to to really, you know, put out the right kind of content, to put out the, you know, and the right kind of engagement, you know, like when it's time to sell, it's time to sell, you know, like yeah. we go live on Facebook, you know, to half a million people, you know, we push that out in promo, we get everybody. And, you know, lately, you know, to be honest, it's those, the drops, um, it's the new artists that are coming up with, you know, the drop, you know, the art of the drop. And yeah. We, yeah. we've taken that onto our brands. So I'm doing that with Run DMC. They're doing a, a 35th anniversary um, drop for just their, you know, they've been out since 84. So mm-hmm. they've, uh, they put out a collection of merch, you know, denim jackets, hoodies, T-shirts, you know, just very new, new style, new designs. And it's all, you know, it all dropped on a specific date, a specific time. Uh, we ran all the promo. So learning, learning that older brands can use new techniques. I think honestly, that that's one of the, that's one of the coolest things that I can kind of help them, you know, move towards is you have to stay on top of these new, you know what I mean? These new processes, these new ways that people are, you know, promoting the people that people are getting, getting attention. And then that's, that that's where you drive traffic and that's how you you turn fans we we have tons of traffic that come from younger fans that wow. want that want to look you know vintage mm. you know they're they're they love they love the swag and they love that and it's the respect the brand has so there's another thing too right like i won't work with anybody that that just has no respect like you have to you have to have done a lot in this game to to garner that respect and and provide value to your fans. So we give away a lot of things. You know, we do a lot of exclusives. You know, he'll sign. He'll have the group sign certain things and give it away. And that's, you know, those are new techniques that we're using. Yeah. And, and what what I think what's important as well for, for some of our listeners to know is that you're, you're not in L.A. You're not in New York. You're not even here in Toronto. You're no. in, you said, London, Ontario. Well, I'm actually in a smaller city uh, outside of London called Chatham. No, it's where I grew up. 
So my, my story was, was real, you know, full circle. I grew up here. There's only 50,000 people in this town. Yeah. Right? I, but I'm online. So I don't, yeah. have, so I worked 20 years up in the industry, up in Toronto and kind of building all that. And now I'm able to come back and start my own company and, and be self-sufficient, but I'm, I'm online and I work with these brands and, you know, and I, I come from a marketing background. Like I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a full scale, full developer. I, yeah. I just, I know about, know about apps. I know about code and I know about web properties and, and I understand, you know, different technologies. And if you, if you, dive deep and you learn more about marketing and depending on what you're passionate about, it can be music or it can be anything. You can merge those, you know, those two kind of online, online learning and just move forward that way. Listen, you, you've sort of teased a couple of things with both uh, naughty and, and run DMC uh, about stuff that's upcoming and stuff that you're doing. Uh, can you share with us about that? Sure. Sure. So I've started a new partnership with uh, with Josh, the guy, the guy that kind of connected, you know, us with uh, with Naughty and with with Run DMC, um, uh-huh. and we're starting a new. There's a collaboration we're working with uh, Ernie Panicoli, and Ernie Panicoli is a old school hip hop photographer. He's just legendary. Okay, he's got 40 years in the game. He's got over a hundred thousand photos in his collection. You know, everybody from James Brown to Jay Z to mm. a tribe called Quest to Big L to you know Missy and like a full complete Tupac and Biggie. So he he was the photographer of the stars of the hip hop culture. Just went documented everything, and so you know, and he goes to art galleries and he's been doing books over the years. But it's 2020. So now's the time to, you know, he met someone like me and I'm all, I'm all digital and I'm all Shopify. So yeah. we're able to, you know, collaborate and we're going to be launching a, a new store this year uh, in the next couple months, hopefully, um, called Feral Nights. And Feral Nights will be a, a you know, a hip hop art collaboration. Uh, we're going to be selling all his art uh, to people so they can, you know, house it at home, you know, wow. so be a print on demand. They'll have full digital prints. And these will be amazing. These will be all original, signed by him, all exclusive. But we're also going to be doing remixes. So that opens it up to where we're taking his uh, photography and we'll be uh, hiring you know, digital artists and really nice uh, to be able to build kind of collections. And we'll be selling these remixes kind of, you know, I've, I've just been inspired by the, by the home digital art kind of movement. You know, companies like Iconic and you, know, you can buy all this cool art for home now and it's just printed so he's never heard of anything like this you know he, he doesn't have the technical knowledge he, he's older he's in his 70s now so yeah yeah but he's just overwhelmed and so happy that you know the world will finally get to have him uh, you know in their home and and that's our you know he's got run dmc and he has naughty by nature you know as his so we've we're just excited that you know all, all these pictures and all these photos over the years can finally uh, can finally find a home that's really cool. Who else? Who else are you working with, Greg? So I have a few other stores, just smaller. Um, I I went. I do everything from we sell saw blades. I have a store that sells saw blades called Saw Solutions. Um, I'm working <laughs> with. I know I'm working with another guy that uh, we sell hot tubs. We sell brand new high end hot tubs from Calspa. You know, on a on a Shopify store. So. <laughs> You know, we're trying, you know, we're just pushing different avenues. I'm, I'm trying to get into different. I have another store that sells um, pergolas and retractable screens and sunrooms. 
So I have, you know, I've connected with a few people over the years that, you know, have these uh, connections to these, these old, uh, I guess, you know, just manufacturing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and they, some of them sell online, some of them don't. And the reason they didn't is a lot of the dealerships, I guess a lot of these bigger stores, it was all dealership based, right? Oh no, you can't go online because I have an exclusive dealership for this area. You know, Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But over the years, I guess those have just faded away and companies don't care. And so he's like, if you want to start a, a store that sells brand new hot tubs, we can do that. So I'm, you know, competing, trying to compete with, you know, a, a Wayfair and, you know, Home Depot and ones that sell these, these new things. But we have a brand, you know, called the Hot Tub Men. And we, uh, we make ads and we push and we get traffic and uh, haven't sold too many yet. We, we did sell one, but it's, uh, it, it's a big, you know, you're looking at $15,000 hot tubs. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big purchase. It's a big purchase. So How, how important um, has Shopify been to, to you? It's, it sounds like it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's the the most complete platform uh, for, for a technology that I've seen in, in a long time. And um, you know, I've been I've been uh, I've been here for maybe a couple of years now, back in Chatham. And uh, in the next few weeks, I've got a I've got a workshop. You know, I'm I learned from Toronto. I learned from the guys at Bean Oceans, and that's a, to always be teaching, to always be giving back value. So I'm doing a workshop on Shopify here in Chatham, and I've already sold out. There's 50 people get free tickets, just different merchants to come in. And I want to just teach because I want to just push all this knowledge I have about the platform. And it's been amazing to, to merge, you know, Shopify with Google, with Facebook and kind of put them all together and just see what, see what data comes out and see what, you know, if you're creative and you have a great product, and you, you know how to do social media. You know, I'm, I'm just excited that Shopify is there to, to provide, you know, just so much, you know, just the fulfillment, the shipping, the, you know, and to everything else that you can kind of integrate with the apps, you know, the, the app ecosystem on Shopify is absolutely amazing. Like, wow. Greg, this has been amazing talking to you and, and just listening to, all, to, to some of the stuff that you're doing, um, you know, and, and, and as you said, you know, back in the day in your, in your teens and your twenties, as you're, sort of listening to these to these groups and these icons you know we all have dreams of you know whether it's i want to be a hockey player i want to be a rock star but but to be able to you know years later look back and say yeah i used to have their posters in my high school locker to i now work with these guys Mm -hmm. you know is must be you know so amazing Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I find it amazing just to be able to talk to, you know, some of these people on my podcast, but to sure. be able to day in and day out, you know, work with them is just must be so amazing to you. Uh, congratulations for, for, for all of this, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Listen, before I let you go, anything else that you wanted to share that you're really excited about with some of the work that you're doing? No, I think we covered it all, man. I'm, I'm just yeah. excited. You know, we got, uh, there's new projects with Naughty kind of coming up. I've got new collections we're going to do with Run DMC. So I'm excited about that. Excited about the Adidas work. Um, and, uh, you know, just pushing out uh, new new digital assets. You know, I'm telling people all the time, like, get your brand started. You know, start tracking things. Like, you know, work on your, just don't, everyone thinks you have to have everything ready. It has to be ready. Yeah. 
just start putting it out, fix the logo later, fix the color scheme, fix your copy, like slowly chip away at it. And, you know, the opportunities for just for anybody, anybody that's young, that loves music, that knows about this internet, you know, knows how to work just the back end, you know, knows, you know, knows about, um, you know, SoundCloud, knows about, do you know how to upload music to kind of, you know, to Spotify? Like, do you know how to wow. you know, track know. certain things? Like, do you know how to do all that? If not, Google it. If not, go on YouTube, learn all these these values for these artists and hit, start hitting them up on DM. Like you can hit, find an artist, find his manager, email the manager and ask them, look, can I do some work? Can I provide, here's my portfolio. Here's some ads I made. Here's some after effects, you know, something I made and, you know, for the artist and, you know, it can work like that. Like that's, that's how you get in, but going in with a, you know, with an invoice kind of mentality probably isn't going to work right away. You know, yeah. just, provide value, just do some work, get in. And, you know, if, if it works out and serendipity is there and, and the hard work is there, you know, it'll work out. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, listen, this is a music podcast. Um, I need to ask you this question. Um, what is Greg listening to these days? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. What's in your earbuds? That's a real good question. Uh, well, the new little Wayne came out. So I was listening to that. Um, Lately, yeah, I I have a weird relationship now because my son is uh, is eighteen, so I'll get a lot of his uh, his music kind of flowing back up into mine, uh, which is good. So, you know, we're, but uh, we're we're big into Griselda right now. We're big into you know Conway the Machine, <laughs> Benny the Butcher, like just different hip hop. You know, I've always been into hip hop, so we're listening to uh, some grimy hip hop nowadays. Awesome, man. Excellent. Greg, listen, keep in touch. I, I want to know what, what you're up to, all these different things that you're doing. Please let us know what you're, what you're up to. Um, but again, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I really uh, want to thank you for having me on. I, I, like, uh, I like talking work, and, and this, is, uh, this is a good chance to do it.